Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. We've been studying this book of Daniel under this、uh, sermon title and sermon series called The Daniel of Modern Luke at an Ancient Book. We talk about that how the book of Daniel was written in some 2,600 years ago. It has a lot to say about your and my life. It has so relevance in our 21st century Christian walk. All the stories, especially from chapter 1 to chapter 6 of the book of Daniel, is like a great picture of how you should live your life. What kind of troubles that you're going to be getting into, and there is a key, there are keys upon your lives. The first Sunday, we talk about how to live right side up in an upside down world. We all agree that we're living in an upside down world. Amen? A great example is just look at White House and all the shirt fishing. We're living in an upside down world. And then the, the, the reason, the way that we should live right side up from the example of Daniel is because there was a charge and command of God. Remember the book of Jeremiah? Prophet Jeremiah prophesied from 29th. What was the main focus of it? Even though the Daniel was in exile, even though he was facing on all this confusion, destructive, and tempting,、uh, all the cultures and societies that probably brought him into identity crisis. But I believe that because of faith in God and also this great commands, what was the commands? Seek prosperity, seek shalom, not just for you and for your own nation. But the country and place that you are going to be placed. God, I'm slave. Talking about it, there are enemies. And I'm talking about seeking prosperity for the culture, society that is exactly opposite of your faith. And then, two weeks ago, we talked about courage from the great example of this beauty pigeon of the Daniel. Daniel refused to eat the king's food because he doesn't want to compromise his own faith. By defying it, eating it, so that they, they can, they can define the, the, the God. Okay? And we talk about that courage is not an absence of fear. Courage is a fear with what? Faith. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be fear. But as long as you have a faith in God, and somehow you'll be able to overcome. Later on, you'll look back on, you don't even know. How in the world did I do? Because of your faith. You can do that. Last week, Pastor Taren was preaching, talk about faith, right? Faith is usually well composed and established upon your troubles, upon the operations, upon all the problems. And we learned it from this example of Daniel's three friends how we can remain faithful and standing firm in the you know, trust of God. And today, As I sum up this whole series, I'd like to preach on this practical subject of then how we should live our lives in this world. How we should live our lives. And I entitled today's message, How to Live Outward, Inward, and Outward. Did you just say that with me? How to Live Outward, Inward, and Outward. I, I got this actually title. It's not like something that I came up with. I got this title from this book. Inward and upward and outward. It was written by Daniel Fosco. He's kind of a rising contemporary a pastor. I did you know, listen to his、uh, sermons. I read this his book, really good. 
So if you want to find some easy reading, a spirit-filled book, it will encourage you. Also, establish your identity as a you know Christian. This is a perfect book. This book is based on you know Matthew chapter two, the Great Commission. How we should live upward by loving God. How we should love you know live inward by loving ourselves, and how we should live outward by loving others. And I'm trying to fulfill, to lead three directional, upward, inward, and outward, by looking at the story of Daniel, especially in the lion's den. How many of you heard about the book of Daniel, especially chapter 6, story of the Daniel in the lion's den? How many of you learned the lesson? You know, the project, I mean, the, the scripture like this and passages like this, it's difficult to preach because you already know. If you don't know what that is, I can make it out. I can just preach the lesson, but this is a story very well known. You learn from your, your when you were younger, a childhood, a Sunday school. You know most of the lessons that we can learn out of it. So that's why I'm trying to see from the different perspective. Because this story, as I was re-read again, study again, and put myself in contemplative in the passage, I found this is like a diamond. You know, diamond is beautiful. Right? As beautiful as it's from the first look. But if you see from different angles, different perspective and different view, you can find the more beauty. So much more and better beauty from that diamond. This story to me is like that. That's why we're going to examine this story. First of all, I'll give you the whole Sunday school lesson with a little bit of change. Okay? Because a lot of times the Sunday school teachers, they were really excited and passionate about the story because they think they know. And then they brought with this beautiful, big, colorful picture of Daniel, who was a teenager, young Daniel, was very active, and tried to fight against those lions. And that's not true, you know that? Which I'm going to explain to you. So I'm going to actually summarize, you know, kind of Sunday school lessons. We can talk about uh, perhaps some traditional lessons. And I'll try to have you to see this passage again from these three different perspectives, from inward and upward, Inward and outward perspective. Amen? Amen. All right. So, story of Daniel. Um, the first chapter, and the first six chapter, the first verse, two verses of the Bible, it says this. We can read it all together. It pleases Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom this satrap should give account so that the king might suffer no, no loss. This is a verse 1 and 2. When you meet our friend Daniel, you think that he's a teenager? That's not true. He's probably close to 90. There's a reason why. When we read from the first chapter of the book of Daniel, who was the king in the land of Babylon? Nebuchadnezzar, right? Now it's a different name. King Darius. He's the king of a, what is called the Middle Persia. It's a, after the kingdom of Babylon, who rose and also conquered the Babylon. Think about that. Okay? This is actually after 70 years, after he became the king of this Middle Persia, and he was appointing Daniel. How amazing that was. So Daniel was more likely toward the end of 80s and the 90s. This is probably Sunday school lesson right there. When it comes to God's mission, there's no retirement. I heard people, those who are 60s and 70s, so 60s, and they're talking about, Pastor, I did everything. 
I did my share. It's time for me to retire. No. As long as you're younger than Daniel. Okay, there are probably one, and Harold is not here today. But anyway, so as long as you're younger, there's no retirement. So that Daniel was old man who was serving as a prime minister. You know, that's what I call the prime minister in the land of Babylon. Now he's also serving this new nation called the Middle Persia. Now this King Darius, after the conquered this whole vast territory, he needs to some system to kind of govern this vast, vast territory. So he has come up with this system. He has 120, what is called a satrap. What is a satrap? It's simply, you can probably think as a governor. Okay, governor of Massachusetts. Those 120 governors, and on top of that, there are three administrators, meaning prime minister. And Daniel was one of them. And you'll find in verse 3 and 4, Daniel, even though he was a slave and servant, he was having this exceptional quality. The Bible says he was distinguished from all others. You know what happened if you are a politician and political field and era, if you are better than others, you're going to be enemy. So he was exceptional and also distinguished from others. And that's why other people didn't like that. They try to find a way they can accuse him. But the Bible says they cannot find anything. They probably hire FBI, CIA, whatever, top roaches, right? Because they have power. But they couldn't find anything. How amazing is that? Which we're going to talk about. And we can also probably talk about right now about the traditional lessons, right? How the man who has a godly character, who's not living double standard, who's a living in and out, exactly the same. Now in days, we certainly see people like that. People, they have this different outlook and come to church. When they live their life, Monday through Saturday, they have a different layer, as if they have some skeletons in their closet. Daniel wasn't like that. So they, they prepared this trap and ploy, and then they went to the King Darius and tried to manipulate him. King Darius, you are the amazing guy. You have done amazing work. Now it's time for us to celebrate you. Praise you and honor you. We have come up with, they said all, it wasn't Daniel, but they said all of our officials had come up with this great idea. How about 30 days we set aside and we just give you praise and we just want to pray you, just for you. But perhaps if anyone within those 30 days, they want to pray for you and other, and they pray other God, why don't we just put that person thrown, thrown into the lion's den? Okay. So King Darius loved that. Oh, this is great. You know, I, I love this idea. And it was flattered, so he made a decree. He sealed it to the point that he couldn't even change it. What was really amazing about this, even Daniel knowing that decree, as his customary, as usual, he went up to his upper chamber, opened the window wide, and he prayed as he was kneeling down, as he used to. As a wizard, he was caught by those officials, and reported to the king. King Darius and Daniel had a great relationship, but he made his mistake. He couldn't even revoke that decree anymore. So now, they were thrown into the lion's den. We don't see what's happening in the lion's den, right? But what we did see is there was another man guiding them and protecting them. I think there's also a good Sunday school, probably literal higher than Sunday school, lesson. 
Same as the story of these three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, where they were thrown into the fire furnaces. God didn't stop fire furnaces from happening, right? God didn't also take them out of fire furnaces. God didn't take Daniel out of fire furnaces. God didn't take Daniel uh, out of lions and fire furnaces. But God was with them. Amen? There's a lesson about it. A lot of times we're going through some of our spiritual trials. We ask God and pray, Lord, just take me out of this circumstance. While God was right next to you, and giving you the extra piece of comfort and strength, and giving you all, I'm here with you, baby. I'm here with you, Daniel. That's how God works. You see, the way we think that God's work and the way God thinks God is working is so different. So after day, this night of this King Darius was just sleepless night and fasting and praying because he had a great relationship with God. He had some idea about Jehovah God. And next morning, he went to the lion's den, found out his sound and say. That's the story. That's a traditional story. Now, what are the things that we can learn traditionally? Putting your faith upon God, right? Never lose your hope, never lose your faith that God will provide. You have to be very careful about that. Because if you are not careful about it, you can translate that into prosperity gospel. Because I didn't see that to Jesus Christ. He was the son of God, but he died. I didn't see that to all the disciples. They are serving and worshiping God, but they all experienced this tragedy, tragic death. Perhaps except this, you know, disciple John. But that doesn't apply to everybody, right? But at least we can learn from that as a Sunday school lesson. God is going to be with you wherever you go. God is going to protect you and provide you. Now, let's take a look at this story from these three different perspectives. The first lesson and first direction and perspective we have to apply is this. Upward. Everybody said upward. Now, we have to have the directional of upward. Okay? We lead upward by loving God. I got this actually from the book. And he was talking about from the Matthew chapter 22. Right? This great commission, first great commission, first great commandment is what? Love your Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. You have to establish this first direction from upward. Now, how do you love God? We love God by simply responding to His love. Because we cannot love God with the capacity that we have. Simply we are responding back to His love. God's love is amazing, isn't it? God's love is always proactive. God's love is always preemptive. God's love is always unconditional. God is not giving you love because then you did really well. Oh, you come to church, you went to Bible study, prayer meeting, hey, here's a check mark, plus point, I love you more. No. God's love is regardless of your circumstance. Why you're still sinners? God's love is amazing enough to send His only Son, Jesus Christ, to us. Now, let's apply this upward directional relationship onto the Daniel's story. Daniel surely had this, this upward relationship with God. He's been expressing his love and caring and his reverence and respect to the Lord. The Bible says this. We can read it all together. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward the Jerusalem, he got down on his knees and three times a day 
and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This is the verse 10. Do you see something that is surprising and amazing? Do you see something that's different from somebody who has this the one upward direction that is fully established? Even he was knowing that he is going to die if he still pray. If I were him, I'd probably pray still inside with a window closed. Right? How many of you are with me, right? Oh, just one, okay, two, all right. Then you're going to be brave enough to open the window, pray? Uh, somebody nodding your head, praise God, your, your face is more than, stronger than me. But anyway, so knowing that what's going to happen, that is a tragic death, he still opened the window, pray. He kneeled down. And how did we pray? How did he pray? He did not pray, but Lord, God, rescue me from this trouble. Send us thunder or light to the king or all those officials. He didn't pray that way. He prayed for what? He prayed for thanksgiving. Can you imagine that? If you are in the shoes of Daniel. Now the people, because think about it, you're smart enough to know. Because you've been in that politician and that politics for over 70 years. People trying to accuse you, let you down. There are some other incidents, you probably sense that. You know what's going to happen if you do that. But you still want to go upstairs and pray, and your prayer is thanksgiving? That's amazing. That's the way that I can understand. The only the person who has this one way, the up way, up word relationship and directional that is well established. The great example of this is my grandmother. Um, you know, my grandmother was um, close to 90, 90 years old. She's in Canada, Vancouver, right now. Um, she's suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. So it's tough. Um, and my uncle, who's a pastor in New York, um, he went to visit um, my grandmother. And now she's at the point that she couldn't even recognize her own son anymore. You know, she, I mean, he had this all gray white hair, white hair from being pastor in Korea church. And when she looked at him saying, that, pastor, elder, right? Because, uh, or friend, because there's all this gray white hair. And all the time, my uncle told me that she's been mumbling and saying things without even meaning anything. That's what people do, right? Someone's going through dementia and Alzheimer's, they say things, no, 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 right? And my uncle, when he was actually, you know, moving himself to be close to my grandma, to listen to what she was saying, as if there's any meaning on it. You know what she said? She's been saying, no, she's been praying all the time. And here's the reason why. She's a great woman of prayer. Her life. When all her sons and daughters are going through some tough times, especially when college, college was extremely competitive in South Korea. You know, the life in a senior in high school, you go to you know, high school at six in the morning, you don't get out of the school until midnight. Can you imagine a life like that? I was experiencing that. I was once there. And of course, all the teachers were not be there because they have, to, they, have, they have their own family life because there's few of them are left. And then to be able to control over, let's say, a couple of thousand students, they usually put the chain and lock on those entrances. And I've seen some of my friends was just brave enough. They thought they could just dump out of the second floor to the escape. Next day I found that he was broken in his leg. But um, why I'm saying this because it was so 
highly competitive. So my uncles and my auntie, um, when she failed to go to college, because they always they only, only want to go to the top three colleges in South Korea. So they, they started study again the next year they finally went to the college. So three of them, two years, so total six years. You know why my grandma did? After they came from school at midnight, you know, she prepared this light snack for them. And immediately after, she went down to the basement. Because in the basement she had this small place with a small table, small um, cushion on it, so she can kneel down and pray with the Bible and the cross. She did it from midnight until early in the morning. She only took probably a couple of hours of sleep. Great example is right there. When my grandma and grandpa, when they were old enough, they were once living in LA, and when my, my uncle was actually ministering in one of the Korean church there, um, that's probably like 10, 15 years ago, their life with him is like this. After they had this early dinner, you know, the senior, the early dinner meeting is like 4 or 4.30, and then they took bus, you know, through the Korean town in LA, and went to the church, my, my uncle's pastoring at the time. They were just went to church. And starting from 6 p.m., they prayed throughout the night. Pray, praising God, singing hymn, reading the Bible. When they get tired, they just sleep on this church pew. They did it for, like, I think, almost 10 years. You see that? Loving God, this establish this outward relationship, it doesn't take like this. It doesn't take from point A to point B. It takes your lifetime. Think about Daniel, who's been serving God, who's been faithful to God for 70 years, despite all the circumstances that he was facing. And as a result, some, some problem like this, it was okay with that. Why? Because he had his upward relationship that was firmly grounded and established. What's the second one? Let's say it together. second one is in word. We live in word by loving ourselves. Yeah. Well, some of you probably say, the pastor, I don't have any problem loving myself. Okay? I love myself. I do anything for myself. Look at this clothing. Look at my body. And I'm going out for dinner. I have all this nutrition and those, you know, health supplements. I love myself. That's not what it means here, right? Loving yourself is not about just focusing on yourself. You know, there's a lot of problems in this culture right now because people love themselves. People love their people. They love themselves that they know how to love them without having this upward relationship with God. Without having this upward relationship established. That's why they fail to love themselves. If you have this upward relationship with God, clearly that has been reflecting upon your life. You're loving God. And then loving yourself, especially, is more than just take care of yourself. Loving yourself, perhaps, is showing good work ethic, good character. Loving yourself, perhaps, is showing who you are. You should be distinguished. That's what the Bible says here, right? We can read it all together. Verse 3 and 4. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king plan to set him over the whole kingdom. Verse 4. And then the high officials and the satrap sought to find a group of complaint against Daniel with regards to the kingdom, but they did not find no ground for the complaint for any fault, because he was faithful 
and no error and no fault was found in him. Think about that. That's what it means to love yourself. You should not have double standard as I said before. You should have your good work ethic. Humility, perhaps generosity, righteousness, and godliness, those are the words that should distinguish you from others. Great example that I can probably share that with you is um, Thomas Rose. I don't know how many of you have a relationship with him. And when I came here about seven years ago, he was already started climbing. Um, so it was not like I had like deep personal conversation with him, but despite that, you know how many times I was told by this church members and leaders how faithful that he was and how well that he served this church. He'll do anything. You know, he was suffering physically. You can always see him down or that side of the corner because of Will's hair. A man like him who had this upper relationship that's clearly established that has been impacting his inward relationship that is loving himself, showing him as a good father, as a good church leader. Everybody wants to know more about you. Being positive. You're also showing this, all oh, this, it's this optimistic and just great energy with others, right? You ever seen that? Somebody's always surrounded by great people to eager to find out why is that? Why you're always happy? Why you always work hard? Why you don't think that the way I think? That is what does it really mean to love yourself. The last lesson is this. Let's say it all together. Outward. We have to establish this direction of our outward by living outward by loving others. Think about that. What was the lesson that Jeremiah has given us? That is kind of a backbone of this whole study of the book of Daniel. It is from Jeremiah 29, chapter, chapter 29 and verse 7, right? Lastly, let's read all together. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. What was the commandment? What was the charge? What was the commission that God has given to the people, Daniel, three friends, and all those who are in exile? They are to leave for others. They are to love others. They are to live with others. They are to seek prosperity to the city that they are in. And they are also seek to shalom to the city that they are in. That's what Daniel did. And verse 28 says this, So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You know this prosper that means here? It's not about him doing better, him being fed, and him working better and more. No. Prosperity meaning here is to lead for others. Because of that is a lesson that Daniel was given by the prophet Jeremiah. Remember this, brothers and sisters. We're living in a very confusing world. We're living in a polarized world. We're living in postmodern culture where there is no absolute truth. Sometimes the right became wrong and then wrong become right. We're living in the world. It's uh, highly addictive and there are a lot of temptations in your life. I'm sure that you're dealing with all different struggles. We're living in outside world today. And what is the main lesson and teaching that Daniel 
Book of Daniel is giving us to have this right three directions in your life. Make sure to have outward directions with God. Make sure to have this inward direction relationship by loving yourself, by being a great man of God. Make sure to reflect those love of God, love yourself, be upon the love of others. Amen? May God bless you. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we learn the book of Daniel from three different perspectives. How Daniel lived as he looked up to you with upward, as he looked at himself as inward, and also looked to others as outward. Help us always be mindful, Lord. We are in the word that is exactly the same, if not worse, than Daniel was, Heavenly Father. Lord, but the difference is we have our Lord Jesus Christ. We have all this direction, all we have, the Holy Spirit, who is guiding us and convicts us and lead us. The Lord, as we continue to follow and commit ourselves to do what you are called us to do, may you continue to prosper us so that we can go out to this city and work hard, Lord. Show ourselves to who we are, prospering this city, Lord, and also help all the brothers and sisters in this city to find the real meaning of shalom so that we can be the great follower of Jesus Christ. We pray for all in our Lord Jesus Christ, Savior's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.